and we're back. This one is with my man Emmett Aronson. Emmett is a very dear friend of mine. For a couple of years there, I would probably say that Emmett was the closest friend that I had. Uh, especially, it was probably my, you know, second and third year in university or college, university, whatever you want to call it, post-secondary education. Uh, Emmett is always down to to have either you know a fun you know, exciting talk about sports because it's probably the thing that we connect over most. Um, Or, you know, him and I can sit and talk, you know, deep about life and, you know, different things that, you know, we grew up in and... uh, and not necessarily tough times, but just but just having you know that heart to heart connection um, that you sometimes need in friends. And uh, I I don't know that I I know a more ambitious and hardworking person than Emmett. Um, he hustles when he needs to, and he does it not for himself but for his family. And I've never known a guy who just loves to work hard. Uh, especially for other people and see, you know, other people accomplish their goals. Well, I mean, he he also accomplishes his, um, but loves to see others succeed as well. And so, uh, yeah, I hope you guys really, really enjoy this one. He's he's a lot of fun. And if you guys ever get to meet him or if you already know him, uh, you'll know that these things are totally true. And, uh, yeah, he's a blast. really funny i completely forgot that we were supposed to record at what i thought was 7 30 my time and 9 30 your time and so my alarm was set for 7 30 because i was like oh, oh i'm gonna sleep in i'm gonna treat myself you know that sort of thing and i didn't even think about it when i went to bed so then i wake up at 5 45 this morning and don't ask me why it clicked in my head but i was like oh man i have to record at 7 30 so at 5.45, I'm changing my alarm to 6.45 to get up, take a shower, have a cup of coffee, like kind of get some semblance of my life together before we record. And then it turns out that we were an hour out anyways. So I could have easily slept in until 7.30 when I had problems. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, Once I'm, gonna send a mess- I'm just going to send a quick message to my supervisor here, tell them I'm coming in a little later. Absolutely, pal. Absolutely. Well, while you're doing that, I'm just going to, because we're already recording, I'm just to let everyone know this is my man, Emmett Aronson, uh, a very dear friend of mine, um, someone I have been super close with for almost 10 years now. Um, We'll get into the story of how I first met Emmett and how when I first met him, I actually didn't really like him, but, you know, we're now... Like I said, we're very good friends. Uh, we talk regularly. I actually call Emmett probably two to three times a week. Um, we talk about life. We talk about sports. We talk about everything. And so we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into M's history of his life a little bit because he has a very unique one as well. Uh, and one that I think is it's probably one of the more unique situations because 
if certain things don't happen the way that they do, me and Emmett never meet. Emmett and I are never good friends like we are right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy, crazy world. So, firstly, I just wanted to say, we met Em. You were living in Calgary. And you had just sold your car, which was a Beretta. Do you remember this car? I do remember the Beretta. Yeah, you sold very, the Beretta very well. to Mike Toussignon. Shout out to Mike yeah. Toussignon. Uh, and I had to drive the stupid thing back to Three Hills from Calgary, which is about an hour and 15, uh, probably more an hour and a half because Emmett was living in the south, I think. Um... And so I get into this car, and it's, I might add, folks, it's raining outside, it is freezing cold, um, and there's no heat in the car. The heat does not work. So here I am driving, so cold, and, uh, and I have no heat to, like, defrost the windows because they're fogging up, so I have to drive with the windows down... And it's in the pitch black middle of the night. Most miserable drive of my life. Most miserable drive of my life. And all I can think of is this dirtbag named Emmett gave us, is making me drive this car. It's not even the fact that Mike, you know, made me drive the car. But it's the fact that Emmett did. And I was just so annoyed. And from there, I, I wasn't a huge fan of his until we started hanging out. Until he came back to school the next semester. And we started hanging out far more often. And... Now we're now we're good friends from it. What are you reading, pal? Wait, wait a second. Are you, are you telling me that? Are you telling me that you didn't? Uh, are you telling me that you that we didn't meet till till that time? Like, I, are you telling? I, I I thought it was like my second year, and I was still at school. Uh, no, I don't think I had ever met you before that, man. All right, I, there you go. Like I, I guess that's the uh, going back track. You got probably better, a better uh, track history to this thing because. Uh, <laughs> well, because you came you back, know. you came back second semester of your second year. Remember, you missed the whole first semester. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I, I definitely remember that. I just, yeah, it's a long time ago. That's what. Uh, nine years ago? Yeah, yeah. Nine years ago, man. It's been a while, man. It has definitely yeah. been a while. It's uh, it's been good though. You know, we've we've had a lot of ups and downs, but but let's dive into you a little bit because, like I've said before, people are probably getting sick of me saying this, but a big reason behind kind of the idea behind these podcasts was that I was going to share the neat life histories of the people I'm interviewing and yours is especially different because you're you're adopted you know and not just adopted but Emmett's parents were adopting kids from Asia before Angelina Jolie okay they were trendsetters they were hip they're ahead of the curve and so Emmett how many siblings do you have I have four you have four siblings and what countries are they all from? So, so I have a, um, I have a brother and sister 
like the oldest, oldest, to uh, in from Vietnam, and then I have a sister from Korea, and then a brother, which is my actual brother his, from Thailand. His biological brother. Now you guys. Which is obviously from, obviously I'm from Thailand too, so that yeah. kind of plays out. <laughs> See, yeah, and that's kind of the cool part, man, is that you come from this, like, super blended family because his parents are Canadian. Well, your mom's – is your mom American or is your dad American? They're both American, actually. Oh, they're, they're both, both southern uh, both southern, uh, southern Cal Americans. Oh, there we go, man. So we got yeah, some southern born, Californians. Yeah. Now, Bay Area. Oh, really? San Francisco? Yeah, they, uh, they, they come from the Dub City. Oh, I did not area. know that. Wow. Yes, sir. Oh, that's Oakland cool. area. Yep, took their took their uh, took their schooling, university, and mat and uh, and seminary or college or I guess uh, seminary program in uh, in that area too. So Santa Barbara area. So wow, that's yep. really neat. So then, obviously, you and Art were. Are you the last two to be adopted? Sorry, what's that? I said, were you and your brother the last two to be adopted, or were you? We, we sure were, yeah. Okay. We we're the kind of the last, uh, last of the people. See, now here's the crazy part to me, is that if your parents after three went, uh, we're good. You know, I think three kids from two different countries is just fine enough. I would have never known you. But, you know, they decided, you know what, we want two more. We want some kids from Thailand. They come, find you guys. They go, you know what, these two boys will do. And uh, and and here we are, you know. I, I think there's so many moving pieces, and like they all had to line up perfectly for this conversation even to happen, you know. I agree. I think um, I think one of the things I've been thinking about is that I think some people adopt because they just want like I don't know they're married to, to adopting, and I think that's a good thing. I'm not going against that, but I also I think it's the I think they honestly adopted because they like loved the culture yeah. they they adopted it they adopted right so like they didn't they went to they went to korea they went to vietnam and, and they went to thailand and said hey you know what we love this culture we love these little kids and this is where we want this is where we want to give back to yeah so dude and you are essentially their permanent souvenir from thailand that's right man i'm i'm rice city buddy that's right buddy <laughs> Oh man, no, I think that's really neat and it's a very interesting family dynamic you have because like you said, you've got Vietnam, uh, Korea, Thailand represented with two just straight up white American parents and it's just, it's a cool dynamic I think and I've never met any of your family members. I don't even know if I've met your brother outside of like maybe very briefly on the phone or through like a Skype conversation. But I think you might have. I think you might have met him once if you came over to the house on in Three Hills because he did come for a visit once. But yeah, no, I you might not have met him. So, but what I find cool is the fact that you guys like you guys make this work, and especially because you all technically have like a previous family. But it's like forget those families. This is my family, and I think that's a really special thing. I. I suppose I, I just, I guess I don't really notice it in my own family, mainly because, you know, we don't have any adopted people in my family, but like on my mom's side, everyone is white. 
And my dad's side, you know, we have a, we've got kind of a native history in there as well, you know. But on my mom's yep. side, everyone's white, and all of the grandkids are very white, except my brother. My brother looks native, you know. And yep. so it's funny because when I go to my grandma's house and I look at the wall, and she has pictures of all her grandchildren. And now my grandma and, and grandfather were uh, previously married, so they each have like separate grandkids, basically. And so, but they've got this huge kind of. Um, display of, of all of the grandchildren and they're all white kids except my brother so he like he stands out on this wall as being like the lone native guy on the wall and so I mean it's just it's it's cool to see and so talk to me about how you end up from Thailand to Thetis Island alright so uh it's interesting. Uh, I think, like you said, all the, st- all the stars had to align to this whole thing. Um, my dad, my dad being one of the guys who uh, were really not, really not, really not sure, and really didn't really disagreed on the uh, the the reason for war in Vietnam. As as we all know, that was kind of a very questionable war, and it's been questioned by many. And so, what happened is uh, he picked up our picked up the family, which is just my mom and my dad at the time, and went from uh, southern Southern California area all the way to Canada, which the immigration was a lot was a lot looser at the time. They were taking immigrants and refugees. And then so from that turn it kinda took us from going to be growing up into the States into Canada. And then from that point they started adopting um, I guess long story short, my older brother or sister came over uh, in a boat from Vietnam as a refugee camp. So that's a pretty cool story in itself. But that's saying we won't get into that at this moment for time purposes. And then my um, and then my sister came over on her own. And then my brother and I uh, was specifically um, we we my parents actually met us in Thailand. They went down there a few times, and my mom actually stayed down there for quite a while because it wasn't actually that safe and. In, in USA, political times were getting kind of uh, were getting kind of difficult, and they were just we're we're just in that transition. So my mom had to went down to Thailand to stay to stay there to try to get us, and my dad ended up going back to uh, Canada. And so from there, we did this long process with the government. Uh, it believe it or not, I guess everyone can kind of understand that it takes it takes quite a bit of time for adoption. It almost almost up to a year. A little over a year turned out, and a year can feel like a long time in a sense. But uh, the government was, uh, in, and historically speaking, the government had never let siblings go one and two. One and two, they've never let siblings go at the same time. They've always said, okay, you can have one, and then you can start your process for your other one, and then that. So that would have been a two-year process of separation time between the two of us. But my mom and dad, but my mom. Uh, she actually went to bat for both of us in the court in Thailand and won the first ever one-two sibling uh, to come over from Thailand for both of us at the same time. So wow. that's that's a, so, and she did that in a foreign country. Didn't know the didn't know the didn't know the language very well, and I don't even think she took a translator. I think she just went to the court and said, "Hey, this is what we're looking at. Why not give us both and and kind of." You know, started the new new trend, and they and that's historically the first time the Thailand government has ever done that. So, pretty neat. Wow. So your mom and you and your brother are now part of like Thailand history. 
in the yeah, idea uh, of the adoption history at least. That is incredible stuff, and, man. And the cool and the cool thing is that maybe you know what? I may, I might know that, you might know that, my parents might know that, but man, they don't they don't document that stuff in Thailand in that time. So end of the day, you know, if this would happen in modern day modern day times like right now, we this would have hit this this would have hit um, major news. Yeah, yeah, so, that's outrageous, dude. That's really cool. Now, yeah. let me ask you: Do you remember anything about Thailand? Um, not from my time there. You know, I was quite young, about three years old. So, right. um, but you know, I've been back there a few times here and there, and uh, I obviously got a love for Thailand, and uh, I fit right in, and they, they treat me well, and I. I've, uh, parents have always always allowed me to s- keep as much culture as possible, so kept me kept me eating good Thai food and um, <laughs> a good just just keep my Asian ethnicity in me. Right. And uh, well, that's not and that's not a hard thing because I I find it I I, I love that food, so not a big, big it's not a hard, hard thing. But, but you you know. Well, we're breaking up here a little bit. I think bit there now. is tendencies and different things that come from that fear. That, that I, I don't think I can say, yeah, I remember that thing. Can you hear me there, sir? Uh, yeah. So what's your buddy? No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're still uh, here. You still hear me? Yeah. All right. Uh, how's, the, how's the cutoff, buddy? Okay, oh, good. Okay, hang on. We're kind of hey. getting choppy again here. We're hitting some choppy waters here, bruh. Hey, talking about man, you, you can't you can't expect much from free McDonald's Wi-Fi, right? Well, this is the funny <laughs> part, and I'm gonna leave all this in. Is that Emmett here is in McDonald's? He's got some Wi-Fi. This is great. I have no complaints with this. I think it's just hilarious because we were smooth sailing for like 15 minutes there, and then all of a sudden it just hits. A, now we're good again. So, yeah, are we good, buddy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I can all right, my man. automatically see the improvement. So. When was the last time you went there? Like, uh, back in 20, 2013. You went twenty thirteen. Yes, sir. I, I brought my I brought my beautiful wife at the time to on a honeymoon on a wild ride adventure of Asian ethnicity for a uh, for a two week to a two week adventure. Oh wow! Okay, so you show up, you look like just everybody else there. You fit in because you are Thai. Yeah, and then you got this white wife with you. Oh yeah, uh, white, white wife. <laughs> so was it was it a fun thing? Like, was it a cultural experience for you just as much as it was for her? Because yes, you're you're from Thailand, but it's like you're not part of Thai culture every day. You know, you know, it's like to me. I think my it was it was fun. In the sense that, honestly, it was just like establishing something I already knew to be true inside of myself. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I like, I love, like, I've been there a few times before, but it was more like, man, this is the first time I'm being an adult, and I'm going there as an adult, and I'm holding myself. I'm hold. I'm, I'm carrying. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have my, my mom and dad with me. You know, so it's one of the first times I just kind of had a chance to be an adult and see my heritage and embrace it in a way that an adult embraces it. You know, so Absolutely. it was neat. Uh, and I in the and the whole and the whole understanding of uh, everything kind of came back to me pretty quickly. So I don't know if that's a heretical uh, inheritance kind of deal thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool, man. That's really sweet. Now. 
How do I put this? So you grew up in Canada and then all of a sudden came along sports because I know sports is a big part of your life. Talk to me about some of the sports that you first became attached to and and how that kind of came about. Man, um, first sports attached to you, you know, uh, I think moments, I don't, I, th- I, th- I don't think you can really hate sports when you when you get the, when when you, some of your first moments, whether you didn't live them live or not, but you know you get to see you know uh, Game Seven of the, of the Vancouver Canucks in in New York Rangers and Pavel Bure hits the post and you're a post away from winning the Stanley Cup, you know, like that's just a big deal when you're young, man. Like it's a huge deal. And then you know when you're living through the era of Michael Jordan and he's hitting he's hitting these fantastic game uh, Game Six winners with with five seconds left, man. Like, that's, like, honestly, like, I, I, I don't, that's, that is how I got attached for it, you know. I think when you, when you look at sports in the sense of what it can do and some of the amazing moments you experience live and those kind of things, I just think it's a, I think that's what attaches me to sports. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I know you grew up playing rugby and obviously basketball was... Things like hockey or volleyball or soccer, any of those things sort of part of your life as well? Yeah, I played I played soccer. I I played I played, I played soccer for a few years. It was a good it was a good it uh, that was good. A, a lot of those sports I love playing, but honestly, uh, the teams weren't that good and plus it wasn't as big uh, in terms of my choices wise, like I uh, uh, that's thinking about hockey. It was hockey was kind of expensive. That, that was that was the problem for that, and I think that's one of the cu- cultural challenges of hockey in itself. It's pretty expensive to to go through. And um, volleyball. I never was a volleyball guy. I just uh, never never. But I do like playing it. But I just never played anything major to that thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So a lot of team sports, obviously. And then I played badminton. Badminton was one of my biggest sports. Oh, really? Singles I or made, doubles? I made uh, both. I made provincials, provincial singles and doubles. Wow. So, yeah. See, people doubt badminton, and I did too, until I lived in Three Hills and realized how popular it is there, and especially in Alberta. But I just would have never taken badminton seriously. But people love that sport. Yeah, I think it's um, I, it's arguably outside of Canada. It's one of the most popular sports internationally. Speaking. And it's and next it's to next super, to table tennis. Like it's very much like a it's like a high speed chess game. Like you are thinking very fast because that birdie's coming back and forth, and you have to try and outthink your opponent in a very quick way as to how to score points. Yeah, it's mental. It's ninety nine percent mental. When they say to you that you lost before you start, then it's, it's true. Yeah. If you walk in and you, you walk in and you and you feel intimidated, you lost it. That's interesting. Now, let me ask you: Do you gravitate more towards um, individual sports or team sports? Sorry, what's that? I said, do you do you find yourself? gravitating more towards team sports or individual sports you know i like them both i like them both and um for the thing for the thing 
um, for two purposes. I think they bring a challenge and a developmental development skill skill build that uh, to, to to a person. Because one, being a team is a huge deal. Working as a team is a huge deal. The other side is just mental toughness for yourself to to you're kind of in that one person journey towards the finish line, right? So I like them both, man. I honestly have had my choice. I um, I would have I, I would have loved to go pro on all pro on both the team or or single course. For sure, for sure. Oh, I mean. Dude, okay, so we got sports out of the way. We got the history of how Emmett got to Canada. Man, now we've got... I know you grew up playing sports. We meet at college. You meet your wife at college. You now have a son. Um, out of these things that we've talked about so far with, you know, uh, sports and... Thai heritage and those sorts of things. Are those things you see as being key elements that you need to like pass on to your child? Man, that's a good question because I think ask me that a few years back. I think honestly, um, no, no, and it's a, and it's crazy to think like I. I honestly, like, I was just spending some time with my little boy yesterday, and I took him to the soccer field, and we were kicking the soccer ball around, and he was carrying the basketball. I love that. Yeah. That's that's awesome. But honestly, um, I, I think about it. Man, if the guy loved, if the guy wants to bake, like he loves baking with my, with my wife, you know what? I am all for him doing that. If that's what he likes to do with his time. Uh, honestly, I think that's our question is. I started to realize is that it's easy to want to carve out your his your life in his life, mm-hmm. and it's easy to and and I think that, but I'm more I'm more I've become more into the idea that my life is very significantly different, unique, and yet he's gonna have the same kind of unique life himself in a sense, maybe not this obviously not the same, and I'm and I think that and I look at my relationship with him and my family, it's just you know I don't think. I don't think I need to like bring that down to. I don't think I need to get that to them. I think they. I think it's. I think it's more the joy of carving out what they see life to look like. You know. Okay. Okay. Now, I know you to be a guy who can live off of very little sleep. Um, carry. You could probably do three full-time jobs and make it work. I. I'm not ever going to doubt your ability to work hard on very little amounts of energy. I did two and a half there for about four months. <laughs> See, and that's what I mean. I know that, you know, for a while we weren't talking mainly because I didn't have your new phone number, but uh, I knew for a while there that you were working like around the clock almost it felt like. And yet you seem to make it work. And I, I think there's a lot that goes into that. And for me, from an outside perspective, I see this work ethic that I don't know has ever been matched. And I also see this like ambition to do whatever it takes to get the job done, to make sure that there's food on the table, to make sure the rent is paid, to make sure that, you know, whatever it might be, you're going to get it done. There is a there's very much this attitude of like giving up is not an option for Emmett Aronson and 
and just you can't have that kind of mentality. Where does that come from? You know, I think it comes from the fact that I came from came from very little to nothing. I think that it's a sense of pride, first off, uh, you know, that I came from nothing. And yes, I've been blessed with something, but you know that I'm blessed with a, a great family and people, you know, and, you know, to go from where I came from to where I am now, you know, that's a blessing in itself. But that saying, there's always that, uh, there's always that chip on the shoulder where it says, you know what, hey, um, you, 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 you brought, you, got, you brought yourself to where you are right now. And and you're gonna and and there's so much more that you need to do. And when I, you realize when you come from a nothing to some to something, you know what it takes to get there. And that's kind of where I I come from, right? I come from that. Hey, um, whatever, like you said, whatever it takes. But I also think that um, I also think it comes from just realizing that if you if you don't have something, then it's more. It makes you more hungry for something. Where if you have something growing up, it makes you less inclined for to to reach and try to go full full bore for what you what you want. And that's not. And and some people have that drive, and some people don't. And I think I just got given that drive, given how I how I got raised and some of the instinctual things that came from adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. See. And I mean, I've experienced this firsthand as a friend, um, watching you as both a student, but also in like different ways. And the way I describe this to people is, I remember, I don't know if it was my first or second year at Prairie, but I needed to make it to the airport. And the airport from Three Hills to Calgary's airport is about an hour and 15 minutes. And that's if you're making good time. Now, I remember saying to Emmett, Hey, Em, can you give me a ride there? And he goes, Absolutely, my man. And so Emmett figures something out. He gets uh, a friend's van. And uh, and I was like, All right, so when are we leaving? You know, And he's like, I got this covered. And we get on the road 50 minutes before I need to be there. And I told them, and I was like, I gotta be on this flight. Anyways, we got there in 45 minutes from Three Hills. And, you know, I won't say how fast we were going, uh, or if I felt like that van might fall apart on us as we were going there. But, you know, you do have that mentality of, I will get you there by any means necessary. And, uh, and I will make sure things are, are through. And, I think, if anything, what I can value about that attitude is I began to take that on when, you know, people would say, hey, I need this or I need that. And it was like, all right, I'll make sure you're taking care of it. And I just, like, worked uh, I worked hard at networking and making sure people got hooked up with whatever they needed. And I can genuinely say a huge part of that is a thanks to you and seeing how willing you were to serve others and how willing you were to um, to to see to see people accomplish things kind of through your hand uh, in a way and it's it's a satisfying feeling I won't lie but it's also not one of pride but it's just like one of just genuine joy to see others kind of like 
get get to where they were hoping to get to, and and you were able to be kind of part of it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, I like I think it's uh, I think to add to that thing, it's not even just like you get anything out of it. It's more just like man, you given all you got, and that is it. And you know, to, so Absolutely. you know, for example, for example, look at your time in college. You know, to add to your time in college even a little bit is a is a joy and a pleasure to do that and uh you know you see i, I think of all the guys i thought some of the guys you know that i shared life with there you know i think um yourself and matt sorry you're matt and mike and and uh even doing road trips with like james and Tarek and those kind of things where you know they even have times of that like that you know i think it's part of just sharing life together and i think that's huge for me growing up and realizing that you know if i don't have a life I want to build a life, and I want to, and I want to create a life for those around me. And if you know wherever you're at, you're that's home for you. You know, if you're in Kamloops, you're home, man. Build, make your life for three months. What does that look like for you? Absolutely, you know? absolutely, yeah. No, and that's very true. And I, I like that attitude because you have kind of been on this journey where you have moved. Uh, a fair amount, I would say. You've lived oh. in a lot of different places in Western Canada, and uh, and I think that that's something that you have done is you've kind of made home wherever you're settled at, and it's not just a matter of you know dealing with well, I'm here for the next two months, I'm just gonna you know do whatever. No, Emmett, you very much make supplant yourself wherever you are and you kind of reach out into that community no matter what and I, I do appreciate that about you and I, I think it, it's very unique yeah and I think and I think I agree and I think you're looking back and I've moved a lot and I tell you in the last few last few years four years I've moved more than any person more than I've ever wanted to move that saying and I I just never look back on where I came from right Never look back from where those four years looked like. Never go back looking. Never, I never, I never forget where I came back from from Thailand. Never go going back to my life. And from that, I can just say, man, I just, uh, I'm, I'm a, I think I can, you can be proud. I can be proud of how I moved forward in this thing. I think people can be proud of their heritage and proud of how they survived and how they prospered and how they worked in the situation they're in. And I think that's, I think that's huge for me. Because if you, I think life's a grind. But if you look at your life in a way of you of the accomplishments and the things that you've gone through and how you work through them, I think uh, there's no way not to sit back and marvel, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, where does that like positive attitude come from? Because I have noticed this about you. We've never really talked about it too much, but I know for myself, I am a naturally pessimistic person. Like I always see the negative in every situation, and it's a huge reason why the positive people I've surrounded myself with are so important to me and you are easily one of them. Uh, where, where do you get this optimistic attitude from? Like, is this something you find that you've just had your entire life? Do you think it's something that's been like spoken into you? Like, you know, mom and dad always saying, always look at the glass half full son or like, what is it? Where, where does that come from? Where it doesn't matter what your situation is, Heck, I know that you could be living in a box on the street and somehow you would make it into sounding like a great experience. Yeah. You know, I think there's I think there's so many things you play into a positive attitude. I think uh I think it's life experiences for me. It's um 
it's also yeah family just seeing how where we came from as a family and how we kind of put everything together but you know what it's also a survivor thing for me too you know like um when you live a lifestyle like myself you know it's just it's an abnormal lifestyle it's uh when you work as much as i do <laughs> it's a, it's abnormal man it's a, it's an abnormal thing and when you live it with abnormal lifestyles I know you know something to be said that you know if you if you're not if you're not living a steady and steady lifestyle you know there's things that happen in your life that use it back and say wow this that really sucked but I, but you know I look at it and say okay uh, the cards you draw and the, and the life I've been drawn um, you have to have a positive attitude about this thing and uh, like man I could uh, spend some time talking about how positive attitude has gotten me through this last se- season of life which is been one of the hardest times of my life and there's just like I, I honestly can say I've uh, I have uh, I have exchanged my man card so many times over this last last few years and last last especially this last year and uh, but honestly positive attitude and a um, and a desire to strive and do my best has has been huge for me in that yeah. sense so yeah keeps me keeps me going right so absolutely absolutely now we gotta probably wrap this up sooner than later, but uh, you were right, man. You said this thing goes quick. Oh man, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's already been 36 minutes. Um, I'm trying to keep them. Yeah, I mean, the problem the problem with interviewing a guy like you is I know you so well that it's hard to like think of new ways to kind of attack, not attack, but like to dive into who you are. Um, I think, uh, yeah. Is is there anything that you want to get off your chest? Anything that you want to share with the people that might listen to this? And um, I think one of the things that I want to share with people is that, and I, this is not not to be too philosophical in a sense, but I don't I don't believe that you can go and this is some I don't think you can go and and say hey I'm going to embark my journey to my life and this is where it's at. I think it's to embrace it where it's at and to come into it with a positive attitude regardless of what's going to happen because um, I think a lot of us and I just my, myself included we live in a very deep uh, very, we live in we live we, there's some deep deep darkness in our life that we go through journeys we go through that you know we go through, and I think to encourage and to hold on to something true and good is very important the situation and and i think so when i look at these things and i think all the way across the board i'm a huge sports guy i'm a huge politics guy and we can talk about that sometime maybe we'll do it sometime (laughs) (laughs) uh it's almost sad but you know like i just think it's uh it's important to integrate uh of a, a philosophy of positive attitude and uh, just an idea of way a mantra how to live your life and I think that's huge for me because if you don't uh, I think when life draws you that draws you that uh, bad card then you know you, you're not gonna have that right yeah I can have that thing yeah then stabilize yourself that's true that is true and I would agree with you I think you know and as we just kind of finish this up I will say this um, you know, you're a unique individual, one that I will probably never meet someone who is like you uh, ever again. 
And that's okay with me because I one I only need one of you in my life, and two, uh, I just I'm very very thankful that I have a guy like you in my life because I I think what I want people to understand more than anything is that you are a very ambitious person. You are you have got to be one of the hardest working people I know, uh, and somehow you stay positive through it all, uh, no matter what life throws at you. And I think that there's there's like a genuine inspiration that comes out of that. I, I think you are an inspiring guy. And and I think people should take note of, of these characteristics and go, man, I need to live my life a little more like Emmett. Because when life kicks you, you know, you just keep going with it. You know, like you kick back and some somehow you make it work. You know, I... I just don't know that I would react the same way if I was ever in, in the same situations that sometimes that your life throws at you. And yeah. I all I can do is just sit back and applaud you and go, man, this is the guy I want to model my life after yeah. uh, a lot of the time. And so that's why I value our friendship so much. I appreciate uh, the little bits of knowledge that you've kind of, um, I guess, dumped on me, and, uh, you know, I I try to live a life like Emmett, you know, and and so, you know, I guess take pride in that, if anything else, pal. Um, I think, to add to that, I would say is that, um, I think, I, I, like, I really love what you're doing, man. I love that you are taking people in your life that have made uh, pieces of you, of who you are, and, that, and you know, put together this, this puzzle of, Matt Bullock and how, what his influence is like, but like honestly, I think um, I guess what I, I guess I would say holistically in terms of is that um, just learning from those around us, and I think that's a fantastic man. I um, kudos to that, and I um, I wish I had time and space and, and mentality <laughs> that you have to do that. Um, but time is of the essence, and and that's just how life looks like. But like you know, these these moments are good. These moments are. Uh, these moments, these moments are memorable, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, and here's the beauty of it, and we didn't even really get to touch on this, but, like, you are a guy who very much in, embodies this idea that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and that's that we live on borrowed time. Like, our time is limited on this earth. You know, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, the way that life cycles work, we will die one day. Uh, but you are a guy who lives every minute like it's your last. Like, you are a guy who just, you know, I, I don't know anyone who appreciates time the same way you do. And so, uh, before people, you know, get sick of us constantly giving each other, you know, compliments back and forth here for the last five minutes, um, all I can say is, dude, just keep living that way, and I hope others will see that, you know, Life is short, time is precious, and that you gotta you gotta appreciate every single minute that that is handed to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, you know, and this is what I and I don't want anyone to leave my leave this conversation thinking this. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote from my uh, one of my favorite movies, Forrest Gump. Okay, <laughs> you know, and. I'm not a very good man, Jenna. And it's, you know what? The truth is I've gone through a lot and I've done a lot of things that I've regretted. I've, I've suffered a lot of my life. But you know what? Perspective, attitude, growing in what you've done, learning from things you've got, gets you to where you, where you need to be. And I think that's important. That's hugely important to me because, as we said, we sit here exchanging compliments, my man. 
I appreciate that. I also realize that there is so much that we look back and say, man, would I have left an hour and 15 or hour and a half before you got on that plane? I should have. I would have, looking back. But you know what? It's a good story, man. It's a good story, and you learn Darn right. Things. Darn right. We wouldn't right. have been able to share it if if we got there with ample time. If I would have got there 15 minutes early, what good is that story, right? Hey. Hey, we would have we would have had a chance to kick back, talk some sports related issues, and have a and have a and have a nice cap. So either way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this was the powerful Evan Aronson, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Hey, thank you for listening to me. I I'm sorry for all those that have to listen. To me. I appreciate you listening, everybody. Thank you guys. Peace out. Bye, buddy.